Line Podcast. going on this is the bottom line podcast presented by anchor.fm your home for sports and entertainment talk i'm jimmy Fadizzi alongside neil Bilipiano. we hope you're doing well as always thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen we really do appreciate it before we get started you know the drill questions opinions twitter and instagram at bottom line wmcx and on twitter at the nvp show and also on instagram at nvp qb11 hashtag Bottom line, voice message on Anchor, the app, or anchor.fm. And please be sure to leave a like and a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. And please subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, we're going to make a little bit of history here this episode as we have never, ever, ever done this before. We haven't even thought about it up until at some point in 2020, we were like, you know what? It'd be really cool to add somebody to the podcast team. And boy, we got a great addition to the team as we were going to have on a guy by the name of Austin Myers. Now, in case you don't know who he is, if you're a member of the First to 11 Bonkers chat, and if you know that band, you know who he is. If not, I'll give you a little bit more of a bio once we fully introduce it. But basically, he is a diehard fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. He's from Vegas, by the way, just in case you're just to clarify that he's also a big racing fan and he's also obviously a fan of the band first to 11 so he's very very versatile when it comes to what he likes but Neil, that's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna talk some sports with him we're gonna introduce his new segment that he's gonna do with us every single week and we may even dive into the world of entertainment a little bit and we just might discuss what the hell is going on in houston because jj watt is out so i definitely want to get his thoughts into that as well as yours but bottom line, this is going to yeah. be a fun-filled episode, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we have a we have a lot to get to, and obviously, like you mentioned, you know, bringing in a third person uh, to the podcast just you know brings in another voice, another opinion, um, which is great. Uh, obviously, having a, a new segment on the show is is obviously an exciting part as well, as you can tell from you know what I'm wearing, obviously, and the background that I have. I'm I'm definitely prepared for what we're about to talk about. Um, you know, I haven't. I haven't been into NASCAR since Jeff Gordon retired. So mm. I've kind of been away from the sport uh, for quite a long time. So this will be an opportunity for me to uh, to maybe not get back into it, but to get an idea as to what's going on. Um, I do know Bubba Wallace. Yes. Uh, that might be about it. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably uh, that's probably the only like really big name in NASCAR right now. I know there are a couple of other. I mean, big there's names. still some. He's there's still the some trailblazers. Guy. There's still some trailblazers in you know in in racing. There's some guys like Newman that are still doing it. Right. Um, but obviously, it's now a new wave, a much younger generation. I mean, that's the kind of thing that blows me away. A lot of these guys are in like, I think they're mid to late twenties. Um, mm. So they're going to be sticking around for quite some time it'll be interesting to talk with him about that and to kind of get an update on that as well so there's a lot to get to and yeah like you mentioned obviously the news earlier today with jj watt uh requesting to be released from houston um you know i'll i'll give a more you know defined opinion on it but i'll say real quick uh i think it's a good move by both sides i i really do i, agree. I think it makes a lot of sense um and i'm glad that the texans did it in this way as opposed to making it messy like they're like they're handling their situation with uh 
with Deshaun Watson. So, but yeah, like you said, a lot of things to get to, um, add in some fresh blood, some fresh meat, uh, into the podcast that, uh, it should be a lot of fun. No question. <laughs> I love the way you put it. And I do agree with you on JJ Watt and we'll give more details in a little bit, but for right now, we want you guys to sit back, relax, have some fun because we got a new guy to the group. His name is Austin Myers and he is coming up right about now. Enjoy. All right, Neil, like you said before, we got some fresh meat and I got to tell you, I'm really, really excited. I know you're excited too. This has been in the works for quite some time and we cannot wait to finally make this official in this episode. If you are a member of, if you're, if you're watching out there and if you're a member of a certain group chat known as First to Eleven Bonkers, you know who this guy is. If you're not, though, it's on Instagram, by the way, in case you're wondering. Which I'm, not, I, I'm definitely not a part of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- I mean, I, lo- I love the guys 100%, but I'm not part of no group chats like that. It's no, it's, it's no big deal. It's no I, big keep deal my, I keep but... my group chats to sports, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, you're fair not enough. missing anything. All right, fair enough. <laughs> You're not missing much, Bob. Good. Good. That's important. <laughs> like he said. Like he said. But but uh, anyway, we, we're so excited to finally introduce him. Like I said, if you're a First to Eleven Bonkers member, you automatically know who this guy is. But if not, let me give you a little bit, just a little bit of a background. So this guy is a diehard hockey fan, specifically of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like I said, he is originally from Las Vegas. Just to clarify that, he is also a big Big, probably one of the biggest NASCAR fans that I know personally. I don't know anybody else who's a bigger fan of NASCAR than this guy right here. And obviously, he is also a huge fan, like I am, of the band First 211, as Neil is as well. We are very, very excited to officially welcome to the Bottom Line Podcast team, Austin Myers. Austin, first things first, we're really, really excited. Thank you so much, and welcome aboard. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's definitely a pleasure to finally get this underway because it's been months in the making. <laughs> You're right. It has been months and hey, it's official now. And we're really, really yeah. excited to, we're excited to have you on board, man. We, we can't thank you enough for being a part of this. So we're going to introduce your segment in a few short moments, but there are a couple of topics of discussion that we wanted to get out of the way first before we make that official. So the first order of business that we want to talk about is obviously the big news in sports today as of February 12th, 2021 at the time of this recording is that J.J. Watt is out. Houston's got another problem and your best defensive player is gone. J.J. Watt at his request has been released by the Houston Texans. He tweeted a video earlier on Instagram saying that he spoke with the McNair family asking for his release and he got his wish. So now a lot of questions are speculating, where is he going to go? A lot of people are saying Pittsburgh with the Steelers to join his two brothers, TJ and Derek. A lot of people are saying the Packers because he's from Wisconsin. And Neil, I saw, I don't know if this was a joke, but I saw you share on Instagram that, hey, maybe the Giants should sign him. I don't know if that was a joke or not, or if you were actually being serious, but I got to tell you, whether you were joking or not. You want me to answer that question? Well, let me say, let me say this first, then I'll, I'll get your thoughts. And I, I obviously want uh, Austin's thoughts as well. We'll get his thoughts in a second here. But whether you were joking or not, Neil, I got to tell you, that would actually be a very interesting signing. I'm not going to lie. But just to give my quick thoughts here, when we were talking a little, a little bit about this off the air, Neil, I kind of like this. 
I, I kind of like this a lot for both sides. It's great for both sides. It's great for JJ because he can get out of a, of a toxic organization like the Texans have become. But it's also good for the Texans side because they save money in the process. They, avo- they, they obviously avoid like a big cap because what was JJ what? Like making $100 million on his contract that the Texans now save. So bottom line for me is I like this move for both sides and hopefully JJ Watt can go somewhere where he can actually have a chance to win because he's a Hall of Fame player in my opinion. He's going yeah. to the Hall of Fame. He's, he's accomplished so much already. And look, is he the same player he once was? No, he's, he, he's in his early 30s, but you know what? I still 31. think he has just enough left in the tank to try and win at least one championship before he hangs it up. So bottom line, I really like this move for both sides. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Uh, we, we mentioned it before uh, when we were introing this episode that, you know, my, my thoughts immediately, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people reacted the same way. It was more of a stunt type of thing because I think we immediately assumed that the Texans just did it without even really, you know, talking to J.J. Watt, they kind of, but once we figured it out, and and this is where I appreciate J.J. Watt and what he did, he tweeted out a video before anybody else could get the news straight up that he asked to be released. It wasn't a situation where the Texans just did it. First of all, the Texans wanted to do it anyway, but they were happy that Watt also wanted it to be done. So they mutually agreed to part ways. And you mentioned before the cap hit, I think next year, what would be about $11.3 million on their cap um, next year. And clearly the Texans are in a rebuilding mode. Let's just call it like it is. And this was just another one of those moves to kind of make that obvious. It started with DeAndre Hopkins last year. It continued throughout the season. And actually, if you really want to be crazy, it really started when they got rid of Jadavion Clowney. I think that, that's when it really started. Because you think about it, they had, they've had, you know, Jadavion Clowney. They've had J.J. Watt. They have, at least at the moment, Deshaun Watson. Deon, they had DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they, they had big-time NFL stars on their team. Andre Johnson? Well, I mean, he's not... I don't, I didn't count him because he's not part of this era that the Texans were in over the last couple of years, but I do see as well, your point um, with that, but looking at this situation, the Texans clearly want to move on and they want to try to figure it out. I know that they were thinking about trying to trade him to get some sort of value for him during the year, but I think they felt like that they couldn't just do it that way. They wanted to be classy. They wanted to do it in a way where they could just celebrate Watts career in Houston and what he meant to the organization, and I give them credit for that. Um, And for J.J. Watt's case, yeah, he's 31 years of age. He's not the same player that he was four or five years ago. He's still a very productive player, especially against the run, and going to a team like Green Bay, other than getting a chance to play in his home state and play for the team that he grew up being a fan of, he could also help them in a position where they were really struggling last year, which was the running game. And so in this whole situation, I think that there's a boatload of teams out there. And you obviously brought up what I had shared before when I, when I put on Instagram and also on my Twitter about saying, you know, I think the giants, you know, I would love to see it. And I, and I've said this to several groups that I'm a part of on Facebook and, and everywhere else as a giants fan, 
I would absolutely love to see the Giants go get J.J. Watt. He would, he would He would absolutely help this defense, especially against the run, which, I mean, that wasn't really that much of a problem anyway because Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson were doing very well at stopping the run. But J.J. Watt is a great outside guy, and he could definitely help the Giants get better when it comes to defending the pass and getting to the quarterback. Mm. But we have to be realistic and say, number one, the Giants' biggest priority is to re-sign Leonard Williams. Give him a contract extension or wait till free agency and then give him a contract. I I don't know what they're going to do. But I I feel confident that the Giants will probably end up bringing back Leonard Williams. Dalvin Tomlinson, on the other hand, will probably end up having to go to free agency because the Giants don't have the money to to keep both of them. Unless Dalvin Tomlinson takes another one or two year deal at very, very little money. But really, when you look at this whole situation, yeah, it would be great for the Giants to go after JJ. But from the standpoint also of would the Giants be a good place for him to go to try to compete for a Super Bowl? No, because no. the Giants are not in that position. They have to get a lot more talent on offense. They have to make a definitive decision long term if Daniel Jones is their quarterback, which right. I've said before he is not. But maybe if you get him some weapons, it might turn around. Maybe they, maybe he'll have a season like Josh Allen had this year, where it just kind of he kind of just took off and he's doing That's well. My argument. I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it would be a, a, a great play. It would be great for the Giants to add him. Um, they do need help on the pass rush. Uh, but maybe they decide to do that in the draft or maybe they go for somebody else like Bud Dupree, even though he'll be out half of next season after he tore his ACL in Pittsburgh. Right. And then as far as like other teams, Pittsburgh makes sense if they can get the money right. They have to make a lot of moves. If they go after Watt, they're just not getting Juju Smith-Schuster back. That's just no. <laughs> that's just obvious. Bud Dupree is also not coming back. And I'm going to be fair. The Steelers are not that close to winning a championship anyway. I think this year proved it. I think this year proved that they were fake and that they had a lot of problems that really weren't addressed. Um, Tampa makes sense. He just wants to go get a ring now. Kansas City, same thing. I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee, I think for him to go to the Titans would be really good because with that defense that Mike Brabel has created and that whole aggressiveness and wanting to win badly, I think Watt could resonate with that. And as we mentioned as well, Green Bay, I really like that. New Orleans also makes sense, but New Orleans has something like $100 million in, in cap in cap hell. I mean, they are in cap hell, basically, whether, they keep, whether Drew Brees actually retires or not. So, I mean, it's there is going to be a market for J.J. Watt, but I don't think it's going to be off of money. I don't think wherever he goes, he's not going to make a lot because, first of all, he's already made more money than he'll ever he'll ever need. And he just wants to win at least one ring. And so, you know, that might narrow it down to maybe three or four teams. Some of the teams that I probably mentioned. Um, But, you know, we'll see. But again. J.J. Watt is arguably, certainly in my opinion, I think he's the greatest Houston Texan of all time, which, you know, there aren't that many that, that had a long sustaining career in Houston, but you had like the guys like Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, you know, all these things, you know, it, it's kind of like that. And I think also with J.J. Watt being released, this gives Deshaun Watson and his agent another opportunity to continue to push themselves out of Houston because now they're like, well, you're clearly making a statement that you're trying to rebuild. So why am I here? Why do you still want me here? 
Well, you know, because you're clearly showing that you want to build through the draft. Okay, then let me go. And then you go find a quarterback either this year or next year. I mean, they don't have their first round pick this year, but, mm. you know, you have to accept that. But nobody in Houston, organization-wise, fan-based-wise, is upset by this. They're disappointed, but they're not upset because Watt has given everything to Houston and the Texans organization. He met his wife in Houston. He's built his whole life there. I remember a couple of years ago, he raised like $37 million after the hurricane that they sustained. Do you remember that? 50, you know, it was he, just $50 million. It was or $50 million. Thank, thank, thank you for that. 50, no I don't know where I got 37, $50 million. <laughs> maybe that's how much he, he was, he's going to make next year. Who knows? But that's yeah. besides the point. Now, um, you know, JJ Watt is a great person on and off the field. He has done nothing but worked his ass off. And he deserves an opportunity to go make, to at least get to a Super Bowl and give himself an opportunity to go chase a championship. And I don't think anybody would give him crap if he signed with like Tampa. I, I mean, I wouldn't because it makes sense. But the Bucks have a situation. Do they want to keep Shaq Barrett? They're going to have to give him a lot of money. Chris Godwin, same thing. You know, we'll, we'll see. But it's early stages. It's February 12th. The next year, the next, the, the start date for next season is not for, I think, exactly a month right. um, from now or a couple or a month and change from now. But, you know, there's going to be some suitors out there and it'll be interesting. Um, maybe the Jets as well. I could throw it out there. They have a lot of cap space. They can make a lot of moves. Well, we'll see. But good for J.J. Watt. Smart move by the Texans. All around have no issues with this whatsoever. Austin, your thoughts? I mean, I definitely see where you guys say it's going to be good for their cap space because the cap will be really big soon. And if it was in my personal opinion, I would really like to see him go to the Cardinals because, I mean, that's just me being a big Cardinals fan. That's how it is. Interesting. Hmm. But will well, it happen? The, the will Cardinals, it happen? The Cardinals, is okay. the Cardinals make sense. They do yeah, need that, help that, on the that, defensive line. Fit. They, need, they need help on their defense because clearly their offense is, is moving and grooving. Oh, yeah. Their um, offense is but great. Cliff Kingsbury needs to become more, not necessarily become more defensive coach, but he certainly needs to get that side of the ball orchestrated because they could have easily won the NFC West. I think that they had opportunities to do so, but I think their defense was the reason that they couldn't get it done. So yeah. adding Watt would, would be great, but, you know, I'm not trying to be critical here at, at all, Austin, because I know that yeah, the no. Cardinals are up and coming right, team. Right, right, right. But yeah. are they really in a position in the next year or two to be a Super Bowl contender? They, you know, they're like in the Raiders position in yeah. any way, if that makes sense. Their right. offense is is gonna do gonna put up numbers, but can their defense yeah, you know, improve? And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. You, you you both make fair points. The Cardinals will be interesting, like Austin said. So it's gonna be very, very interesting for JJ Watt and whatever else happens in the NFL offseason, but let us know what you think about this whole J.J. Watt issue on all social media at Bottom Line WMCX and also follow Neil at the MVP show on Twitter as well. So let us transition over to the NHL because that is where Austin tends to shine the most because Austin and same with Neil because I know we're, we're all diehard hockey fans here. All three of us are. There's absolutely no question. But I don't think I've met a bigger fan of their team besides Neil than Austin. This man is a diehard fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. And first of all, Austin, I just got to ask you this. 
it seems like every other day your team can't play and they can't play. Because can't and then can't because it's, it's, it's in and out. Because let's face it, COVID's, COVID's taken over a bunch of teams. The Flyers have been in trouble. The Devils have been the, the Devils, Devils big time. Trouble. What's that? The Devils big time having and like ninety percent of their been able to play in the last couple of days. We haven't played in two damn weeks. Yep. Oh, I forgot me, I what it's like. I forgot what hockey watching hockey was like. I can't watch these other teams. It doesn't make me feel good. It just makes mm. me upset. I'm stuck yeah. to watching. I'm stuck watching the Nets piss me off every other night. I don't want this anymore. I want to watch the Devils. And hopefully Tuesday, we actually do get to play. And who do you play on Tuesday? My New York Rangers. So that's going yeah, to be very, 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 that's gonna be an interesting win. game back. Oh, and by the way, are you going to win tonight too? Or are you going to somehow, like, even with the Bruins accidentally pulling their goalie, you're still not yeah. going to find a way to How are you guys going to lose to Tuca, who's just going to, like, pull himself randomly? Look, look. at this point, I don't know what's going on with this team anymore. I, I've given my spiel on the Rangers one too many times, and I am not going <laughs> to gave it last night. Again. Yeah, I, I, I went off on them night. last night on the live show. And by the way, if you missed it, um, the <clears> Slapshot <throat> Sweethearts did a live stream uh, last night just talking some hockey. You can go check it out. I'll post the link in the description. And Meg cut you off as you were trying to say goodbye, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> by the way. You were in the middle of saying goodbye, and you just got cut out. Uh, no, that, that, cut out. No, I, 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 I got some humor out of that. That was hilarious. But, but no, I do see where Neil's talking about the issue with the Rangers, though, because having both Igor and whoever you guys' backup is now. Georgiev. Is it Gorgiev? Yeah. Between those two, I don't think they have enough experience between both of them to really show what – because you guys had Hendrick for so long. He had so much experience that he could put Shesterkin on his back and really show him everything that he needed to do. And now that Shesterkin's by himself being the starter and Georgiev behind him, it's just not enough to really show. Thank you. Thank you. And also, they can't defend, which has been my argument since day yeah, one. And now everybody's defense, finally yeah. starting to see it now that Hank's out the door. Because ev- apparently everything was all his fault. But I digress. I'm not going to go into a whole another rant about that. Yeah. But but anyway, Austin, b- back to your nights. I, I just want to know, what are your thoughts on, A, how they're doing this season? B, their stupid gold helmets that they decided to wear the other night? Terrible. And C... What the heck is going on with them in terms of COVID protocol? Like, why is it one game they can't play and one game they can't? Like, what what are your thoughts on your team? Okay, so the COVID protocol thing is the COVID protocol. It's not. It's definitely not my favorite because mm. our coaching staff got it, and then it got to our players, and now we have we had Petrangelo out. Petrangelo is finally back, and now Tomas Nosex out, and that's a big hit on our front one of our front lines because without him, we have to bring up. Somebody to run our fourth line on the AHL side, and I don't. Right. I I'm still a little eerie on our AHL team because I don't know much about them. And then, and it also doesn't help that the coaching staff had it, so we didn't have our coaching staff for like two weeks. We had to we had to use our AHL coaching staff for the main team, and it's just like no. <laughs> I I don't understand. It it was okay when we had the general manager as the coach for one game. But other than that, no. I don't want to see our whole AHL coaching staff come up and be like, hey, guys, I'm from the AHL. I don't know anything about what we're doing here in the main organization. 
So let's just throw you three out, you two out, and put Leonard in net. Like, no. And I mean, I'm, I've been very critical on Pete DeBoer, too, since we've got him. He's, especially last season, he played Leonard like 90% of the season and kind of like kicked Flower to the curb. Mm. And that's where we went wrong in the playoffs because we played Leonard back to back to back to back and then gave Flower a game here and there. If we would have played both of them alternating like we so far have been this year, we probably could have made it to the cup final and hell, even have won the cup. Because, I mean, and this year it's definitely questionable because I'm the team was kind of healthy and then we kind of weren't and then we kind of are again. It's just <laughs> hard. <laughs> it's hard to say. And it's definitely. And with everybody that's injured now, it's definitely going to, we're going to take a big hit because we've got Shea Theodore out, one of our major key defensemen. He's out for some. Mm. Leonard's out right now to an unknown upper body injury. And then we have like some of our forwards, like Tomas Nosek, who I said was out on the COVID protocol. Right. It's, just, it's, it's rough. And if we can't pick, I mean, last night's game was okay, but. I was glad to see Mark Andre do what he could do because everybody's like, ever since his father died, he hadn't been playing like he usually was. Mm. And now that we're coming into this season, he's finally back to where he was before then. Right. And I mean, he's, he's got a few shutouts, a few three, four goal games, but like last night we saw him only let one in against the ducks. But I mean, when you have somebody on the other side, like John Gibson was last night, who was an absolute brick wall, there's not much we can do. Yeah, absolutely. But look, the, the, the whole, the whole thing with the COVID protocol is a mess in the NHL. I do agree with you on that, especially with the devils and with Vegas. I a hundred percent agree with you there, Austin, but look, here's my thing with Vegas. And Neil, we were sort of talking about this in the live stream with the Slapshot sweethearts last night. And Megan brought it up is that if they, don't get their act together and go win a cup within the next one, two years. No, I'm sorry, year. but they, 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 they might, they might not, they may, they may not be, be a competitive team for a while. No. And once we lose Mark Andre, I have a feeling it's going to be rough because Ex- he's... exactly. And no, no disrespect to no disrespect to Robin Leonard, because I love his story. I love the way that I love him. I, too, I, I, but... I love him as a person. I do. But honestly, Who's been the more reliable goaltender? That would happen to be Mark Andre Fleury. So, so, so far, it's I'm, been I'm Mark sorry, Andre, yeah. you got to play him more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have good goaltenders <laughs> on uh, for backup. I mean, Oscar Dance, he's a fantastic goaltender. But when it comes to time, will he? The question is, will he step up and be the one to fill that seat? Because mm. he's been following behind Mark Andre for a while, and I don't want yeah, this to end up this thing like the devil, like not even the Devils, but the Rangers. Mm. I don't want it to end up like that, but where, oh, we had Mark Andre all these years, and now we have Leonard, who's okay, and then you have Dance, who is just not showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I said this before. I said it last night, and I'll say it again. You know, the biggest thing for the Gold Knights, if they don't win the Cup this year, they're going to have to blow this thing up. I mean, I hate saying it in that way. And to be honest with you, like, I'm not the biggest fan or supporter of, of the Vegas Golden Knights for a multitude of reasons. 
that have really nothing to do with Vegas itself, but more of the fact that I still think there should be a team in Quebec and a couple other places in Canada. Um, I think we need to expand in Canada, but bring back you know, the that's Nordiques. Just, that's just bring that's just that's just my opinion on the situation. But you look at the main guys in this team are in their thirties. Yep. You know, this is a team. That, this is a veteran expansion team. I mean, is, when, when have we Stone ever said 30s? this? What isn't I want a Stone in his thirties? Stone, I believe, is thirty-one. Okay. I think okay. believe he's thirty-one. He's somewhere. Um, but the thing, and so that's what I'm saying. Stone, Marshall. Patrick Patcheretti, Patcheretti, yeah, Patcheretti. Oh, and you also got uh, uh, Alex Petrangelo. Exactly. There's, there's yep. the microphone. It was there's the there's <laughs> the microphone. I, I, hey, you know what? It didn't didn't go on that long. But look, the big thing is simply that you know, with Pete DeBoer, and I and I could speak from experience because I am a Devils fan, and he was the head coach of the Devils, and I'm also a Sharks fan, and he was the coach of the Sharks. I have experience dealing with Pete DeBoer his Uh first year in change or really his first year he'll take that team well beyond anybody thought I don't the Devils had talent in 2012 but I don't think anybody expected him to go as far as being two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup and then he goes to San Jose first year he does something that nobody had ever been able to do at San Jose and that was take the Sharks to the cup final and as well they were two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. He's a coach that if you need him for a year or two, he's kind of like, I'll use this. He's like Mike, he's like a lesser Mike Keenan. You know, Mike Keenan was only the coach of the Rangers for one year. Why was he there? To win a cup. That's what he did, and he's gone. So it's kind of the same thing. I think after a while, Pete DeBoer's system, where it seems like it's more of a conservative one, just doesn't really resonate with the players that he has. And he has a lot of veteran goal-scoring, you know, ability on this team i just don't think there's enough puck to go around and they're not building the chemistry that they they should be able to build and also look what vegas did this offseason with kind of toying with a lot of the main players you know trying to trade marshall so trying to trade patcheretti trying to get rid of mark andre Fleury. they really screwed up the chemistry and the camaraderie between the organization and its players and that's a big problem and then they go out and they get they get Alex Petrangelo and give him way, way, way too much money for a player his age. Nobody yep. in the NHL, especially with dealing with the financial backlash of COVID, nobody should have been getting anywhere near that type of money. Yep. Look at Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall was looking for a long-term deal worth like $9 million a year. What did he end up taking? A one-year, like, $11 million deal from Buffalo. It's smart what he did because then he can come back the next year, see how the market is at that point, and he'll probably get more money then. Or maybe he could sign another one-year deal and just keep doing it until he can get an opportunity to get a long-term deal. But Trangelo was just like, no, I I want this deal now. And it's understandable because nobody in the NHL makes anything compared to other major athletes in their sport. Ovechkin is the highest paid player, not just, you know, salary wise, but he makes more money off promotions than any other player, but he only makes about $3 million off promotions. Like that's nothing. And here, and you know, nobody, $11 million per year in the NHL is the equivalent of getting a max contract in the NBA. 
Like this is the this is the thing. Eleven million. If you got eleven million dollar contract in the NBA, that's nothing. That's literally nothing because the money is different in the NHL than it is in other sports. But going back to Vegas, yeah, the situation there is simply that they're in a win now mode. And the other thing is this: if they blow it up, they have very little draft picks to the, all of a sudden go like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna you know." We're going to start rebuilding that. No, now you're going to exactly. have to take your lumps. And then we have another expansion team coming in. The, the Vegas won't be affected by it because of stupid rules, but they won't be affected by it. But that's another destination for players to go. So all that hype, all that like glitz and glamour of Vegas, it's starting to die off a little bit. And then you've got the Raiders who are now there. And if the Raiders start doing damage in Vegas, and then you have the WNBA's, Las Vegas Aces, and to be honest with you, they're a team that could be very well become a dynasty in the very, very near future. And I'm not saying any, you know what I mean? So that's so. That's another thing is let's not forget that they're also, as of lately, they're talking about getting an NBA team out there. So it's definitely going to be there. That city right there is going to blow up sports wise. Yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Because right now, the equivalent of NBA team, at least what it was, in Vegas was UNLV, uh, the running rebels in the nineties in the, and like the early nineties. And they're they not were, even, that, and the rebels aren't even that good anymore. <laughs> and the rebels are like, yeah, exactly. They're not even good anymore. So like getting an NBA team there makes a lot of sense. And I think it's going to happen in the next five to 10 years, honestly, because oh, yeah. you know, the NBA is talking about expansion, you know, oh, they're yeah. looking for it. They're They've looking been talking for about expansion. it out there for years now. So, mm. but you know, I'm not trying to crap on Vegas, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're on the freaking clock. Like you are on the, and I don't care oh, about. Oh, trust like, me, oh, I know. I'm like, I don't care about. Oh, you're dealing with COVID. Guess what? The Devils have 19 players on their COVID list. The percent and of the roster. We're building team. We're trying to get through the dance. We played nine games, and this is the whole thing that I'll kind of recap with. And I know this is a very unpopular thing, but I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. We shouldn't be playing right now. No, nobody I, should I, be playing. I agree right 100. Yeah. Number one, the owners are losing billions of dollars. What like what is the point of that? Number we're going two, to lose teams fast. You're gonna lose continues. like teams are gonna go straight up bankrupt in the next two, three years. We might have to have a lot of teams moving from city to city just because of this of this bad mistake. Yep. Number two, number two. There, you know, this isn't even a legit season, it's 52 games. What is that gonna prove? Nothing. That's not that's not gonna prove jack to me. And it's, also, no, the, raw, the divisions prove nothing either. The divisions exactly. are stupid. The divisions, for the most part, are stupid. The, except the Canadian division. I, I get that. It yeah, I, I understand the Canadian division, but because of we the Canadian division. We play the division of death over here on the East Coast. Yeah. I mean, we play in the worst division possible. Yeah. You could, With like you could all be these us. teams that are probably going to go compete for a cup. Then you, have, then you have this situation. You have no fans for most teams. And I'll be straight up honest with you. We're probably not going to get fans at all this year. I know that we're getting vaccines going and everything. But, and I know that Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York just allowed, you know, 10% fans. Mm-hmm. I, not, I just don't think it's it's going to make that much of a difference. That's not even my big concern here is like these, t- these teams that are letting fans in the building. After, like Arizona, after we played Arizona, we didn't have anybody on the COVID protocol when we went to Arizona. But when we came back, that's when our coaching staff got it. Our players were getting it. That's where we went wrong. Therefore, if we weren't having fans in the stands, I think we might be okay. But I just don't think we should be playing at all. Like, mm. as you're, much abs- as- you're absolutely right. 
You're absolutely right. Because, so there's a lot more negative than there is positive. I, I, I think we, it's fair to say we're all in agreement on this. Oh, yes. And, and exactly. I, know, I know that like speaking as a fan of a team that's projected to be towards the bottom of the NHL, I get that, you know, being a rebuilding team. It's like, oh, well, it's easy for you to say that because, you know, you're a rebuilding team. I want the Devils to play as badly as anybody because we haven't played in 10 months. We didn't play in the bubble. We had to sit around and wonder, uh, you know, what, look, yeah. we are exactly a month away from this whole pandemic being a year old. Think about that. A year old of this. Mm. We're still dealing with it. And it's such a frustrating situation to be in. And uh, the Devils are one of those teams where we are trying to develop our players. How can we do it if we're sitting around waiting for a pandemic spread to stop? A spread of, the, I mean, like, when, are, like, there's not even a guarantee we're going to play on Tuesday. Right. Know? Like, there's I, no guarantee of that. And you think anybody who's playing the Devils up, you know, soon is that feeling that safe to play against them after they just no. dealt with this? No. I think the NHL has to come to grips with themselves in the next two weeks and make a decision straight up. Do you really want to keep pushing this crap or do you want to pull the plug on it? And I think the smartest thing is to pull the plug on it. Yeah. I because it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really hate to say it because I'm a diehard hockey fan like the two of you are here, but I, I, I actually do agree with you. I mean, what, what's the point if you're still, if you're going to keep on risking the health and safety of these players who go out there and compete their ass off ev- almost every single night and, Again, I know there are a couple of states that are allowing fans. I know there are a couple of states that don't allow fans, although, like you said, Cuomo is allowing like like roughly around like 2,000 fans back at Madison Square Garden and like 5,000 at Yankee Stadium, the whole deal. I get that. But mm-hmm. is it really worth it? Honestly, I, really. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I mean, look, I'm the optimistic type. So I really, really am crossing my fingers that this does work. But yeah. to be, if I'm being truthful, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't waste the time. I don't, I don't see this lasting long. See, I mean, I think, no value to this. Yeah. There, there's no value to it. Like the NBA, okay. Like they could eventually make up the money that they've lost because oh, it's yeah, a popular. It's one of the top two most popular sports in this country. The, the, the NFL got away with it because they play every week, once a week. They play they once a it. week. So they don't have to worry about it. Major League Baseball, you know, look, they're still the third most popular sport. And they probably could make it up, but on a longer-term basis. The NHL, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for a lot of teams. I think what they should have done, and this was uh, something that I had heard talked about for a while, but I think was a really big unpopular opinion, is Mm -hmm. what we should have done is take every team and we should have stuck them in a bubble like we did for the playoffs. Right. and we should have done, say, best of three series. Best of three series. Each team that gets – we eliminate each team until we have the final two teams from each conference. That's how you, did, that's how you win the Cup. And that would have been a good idea, but, like – and I'm sure, Austin, you, you realize this, you know, when thinking about it. You also have to take the human side of it as well. Exactly. Like these play, like how many reports that we get during the bubble of players and coaches talking about how much they hate being here because they don't get to be with their families. They don't get to do Tuka Rask left Tuka in the Rask middle left. of the bubble. Yep. Because he didn't want, he couldn't mentally be there anymore. He was mm. just gone. 
So for them to go back into a bubble would be from an economic standpoint and everything else. Yeah, it makes 100%. Dr. Fauci spoke to the NHL and straight up said, your best bet to having a season is to play in a bubble. And the NHL just didn't want to do that. The NBA, they've screwed up with their COVID protocols. Look at what's happened with Kevin Durant over the last like week and change. So but they're yet screwing he's, up. But yet, but yet he still looks like Kevin Durant despite all this. So. Well, no, that's not, the, that's not the point. What I'm saying yeah. is that the NBA is not getting it right 100%. Mm-hmm. Then you have the fair, NHL. Fair. They're definitely not getting it right. They've totally screwed this and up. And I mean, the NHL needs to look at it because we just had a prospect from Austria. He came down with a protocol during, he came down with COVID during the World Juniors. Right. And he has not been okay since. Like, it messed up his personal health. Like, his health-wise, he's, he's even said it. The NHL sent him back to Austria, and it, in his response, he said, I have not been the same since. And he's been training his hardest to get back to that shape. But mm. there's not – he's not been healthy, <laughs> so to say. So they have – a prime example right there what they need to do is just cut it and that's all that's it and like neil said we're losing a lot in money because of everything going on hence and what was the nhl's answer to it let's put out more jerseys we had like with vegas we had our jersey we had our home jerseys our away jerseys and then we had our alternate and our retro reverse they're trying they want to make money off of jerseys but with covid how are anybody going to afford these jerseys when they're two three hundred dollars a piece yeah i like even me as a person like i'm looking to buy a jersey right now and i'm looking on all these websites for a cheap like not even real jersey that ships over from china right because i i don't want to pay two hundred dollars for a jersey but I want one, so I'll I'll pay thirty dollars from one for China. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. It's it's it, it's it's a bad look, and you know I was talking to, to one person, and he said to me, you know, look, the world in general is going to look a lot different on the other side of this this pandemic. I mean, we've already seen that, yeah. and that also includes sports. It's going to look financially a lot different. I would be surprised if players were still getting massive contracts within the next five years. I just don't think that's going to be realistic. No I just way. think that I think nowadays a max contract is going to be something like only $50 million because teams are going to be looking at it. Like we can't afford that financially because of everything that's going on. NHL teams, I'm telling you next couple of years, five, maybe 6 million per year is going to be what's considered to be a huge payment for a player that like, that's me being honest here. So, you know, talking about it from a devil's perspective, I wish the devils would just straight up say like, we're done. We don't want to play anymore. See what they need to do. And I mean, I know teams have the option earlier before the season started to opt out. What, what needs to happen is teams need to be like, Hey, I don't care what, the board says we're done. Such Look as at the, the National Women's Hockey League. They had they were going to have their whole tournament up in Lake Placid, and it took less than a week for okay, them so to shut everything exactly. down because mm-hmm. the Riveters opted out. Then you had the Buffalo Buttes opt out, and it was just like, well, then that's that. 
because yep. look, they have only they have only like six teams, and so and if mean, two of them go. Yeah, you, you know, you have no prayer. So if the so, I know look, that the NHL, the was AHL trying, did it too. The AHL right. had like four teams opt out, and right that was a big thing because I mean, where I'm at now, we have the Rockford IceHogs in like ten minutes from us. So, I'm like, okay, at a to a point, I'm like, okay, this is okay that we're playing. Maybe they'll let fans in because I mean, I it's been a year or so since I've been to a game, but but in the in my head, I'm like, we can't have it because I don't want the COVID pro. I don't want COVID to hit everybody hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 gotten out of control. Um, the NHL has done a bad job handling its situation. Um, yeah, I mean, the only major sport that can get away with this, like we mentioned before, was the National Football League because, again, once a week they're playing. Week, Half exactly. the time they're just in their facility and they're just dealing with that. And mm-hmm. no, and you they know, have the had, off season. They have off weeks too. In the bye right. week. Yep. And, yep. Then, and, and then you have and look, we had like one outbreak with the Ravens, but it didn't turn out to be something that became a problem with several other teams. It was like okay, yeah. teams every now and then we get a couple of cases, and that's that. But did a lot of people really miss time because they were on the COVID list? Not really. No, no. because they got it. They figured they knew what had to be done. I'm not saying that the players in these other leagues are doing something wrong. They just have to be realistic and say we're playing an indoor sport here. The I was going to say, I was going to say, know. and another thing is, what if if also it also helps that they were playing outdoors. One hundred percent. I mean, how many and teams I, really play indoors in the NFL? Like two, many. exactly. Yeah. Well, well and you I got mean, the Cardinals. If, well, that, that's, the Saints, that's their, they've got the Vikings kind of have the retractable. The Saints, the Vikings, uh, the Lions, but, I, but most of these teams have retractable roofs. That's so, well, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, can, true. they can still have some sort of, you know, air, Outdoor, outside yeah. air coming in. Right. But in the NHL, We've got... the only thing they could have done is gone to, like, done some, like, Lake Placid, but every game is outdoors. I mean, like, that's what they're doing with the two outdoor games we're having this year. We've got the the Avalanche and the Knights, and then Boston, and I forget who they're Philly. playing. The Flyers. They're Philly. playing, they're playing the Flyers, and they're going out to Lake Tahoe. I mean... It was, it's a great idea because right. it's an outdoor game, but there were teams at the beginning of the year that were saying, hey, we want to play outdoor games. And the NHL straight said, no, we don't want you to. We want you to have it in your arena. Mm. I mean, like, look, if you can, if you can, look, there are arenas in, in sports that are for more than one team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Madison Square Garden is a perfect example. They host the Knicks. And they host the Rangers. And they, they have a way to shift it from being an NBA arena to an NHL arena. Like, they've exactly. done it before. Yep. There was nothing saying that they can't go to a place, at least for the first couple of months when it's still technically winter. Go somewhere where it's cold as a mofo. You can mm-hmm. make ice. And you've done it in California when it was, like, 80 degrees. So it's clearly let's not possible. Talk about, let's not talk about the uh, outdoor game in Vegas. That they had. <laughs> there you yeah, go. there you go. There, there you go. go. It is doable. They could have done it that way, and I liked the idea. I was like, you know what? This will get. It makes sense because you actually could play, and you, you could probably have would give yourself a better exactly. chance to not and, have a spread as much. And also, you could have fans, and you could create new fans. You could look at, and they could go, "Wow, they're playing outdoors. This is so cool." 
Exactly. Like, you know, and, and that's the thing. So to me, it's just the NHL was hoping to ride on its good, you know, on it, on its praise during the bubble that, you know, oh, they didn't get a lot of cases. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They were in a bubble and they could yeah. contain everybody. Now they're playing in their arenas. They're traveling. Come on, man. You knew well, this then was, again, we all knew you this say contain. You say containing, but then again, there was also the whole thing about the Canucks bringing in unauthorized personnel for Thatcher Demko. So that is also a good yeah. point. That is a good yeah. point. And I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Thatcher Demko, he did play like a beast, but did did we really need to bring in two strippers? No. You know what? Hey man, Lou Williams went to a strip club while he was in the bubble. Sometimes you just gotta get away. <laughs> I look, mean, man, yeah. you gotta, look, we're all human. We're all human here. We gotta we gotta find some way to uh, we gotta find have, some way to, some some form to uh to be sane. You know what I mean? Like we gotta we gotta find a way to to relieve some of the stress if you feel what I'm saying here. Uh, so you know, I get and, it. I get it. Yeah. But again, and like you seri- said with and like ahead, you said also. with all the teams and how we could be seeing a lot of teams relocating. There's already a lot of talk. Arizona, for example. Well, they that, don't have that, a lot that's of fans been, to begin That's with. been talked about for like five years. That's so. been, <laughs> yeah, that's been in the news for like five years. They're going to relocate. The Florida oh, oh, and Panthers by, oh, and by the way, they, they, fi- they fired their assistant GM the other day. So what does that tell you? Yeah. They're a terrible organization. Exactly. The exactly. Moved from Winnipeg. <laughs> I mean, Florida, they're going to relocate here soon. So, I mean, Buffalo, I mean, I could see them relocate. Yeah, I could see Buffalo relocate because they're not doing real well either. Mm. I could see see Calgary relocating because they're still trying to get a new new arena, I believe. Right. And they're still stuck in the saddle dome. And, you know, the government in Calgary is not really willing to budge. So, that that Mm. could be a fourth team. Um, You know. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you, like, and there's been there's been bits and pieces that say Anaheim is gonna relocate possibly. Maybe. But I mean, they're doing I mean, I okay. Fan, I, 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 they're I, doing I okay. Fan wise, look, man, they lost. Look, they I mean, lost. They lost the Raiders. Okay, and maybe they'll lose yeah, the exactly. Athletics. And look, if they're trying to build a new arena for the Athletics, I think that they would build a new arena for the Ducks at some point. But yeah. No, you do have to win and you and, have to get people to come to your yeah. games, but we don't even have that. We can't even do that because of COVID. We can't even have that. Exactly. COVID has put a reset then, on like the world itself. Like we're hitting the reset button and we're starting from scratch on how to do things in life, no matter what you're doing. That's just is, the honest truth about this. this is why and, we can't and that's have nice just things. what we got to deal with. This is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Yeah. And then, no, like but, you said about the new expansion team in the Seattle Krakens, right, they're yeah. going to have. I mean, they already have. They already have a fan base, and they don't even have a team yet. <laughs> exactly. What's going on? They're being, gonna, and they're literally being controlled. They're, they're literally being controlled by Amazon. Yep, pretty much. So, like exactly. And what's and what's going to happen when they actually get a team? And mm-hmm. already the. It's been talked for two years now. Who are they going to pick up in the expansion draft? And they're supposed the to start name, playing next the number season. One, yeah, and the number one pick that I've heard out of anybody, when you ask them, oh, who's going to be the first person that Seattle's going to pick up? They say they're going to pick up Seattle's own TJ Oshie because oh, his contract's over at the end of the year. I believe it. 
I believe they say, it. Oh, they say, oh, she's going to go to Seattle, and I'm going to believe it 100%. Yeah. Washington's going to dump him. Washington, for some odd reason, is going to dump him, and he's going to go to his back home. That makes sense. I mean, I mean again, it, like, it, 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 w- it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Every team's going to want to try to get off a big contract. I look at it from the Devils perspective, they're totally going to hope that Seattle takes PK Subban. They're going to, like, they're oh, going to yeah. pray to God that they, which I oh, don't yeah. see. Look, I don't see it happening, but I could be totally wrong. I really could be wrong about yeah. that. But and I there's mean, teams that are going to want to also have them. to. You also so, have to look at somebody like you got to look at the younger players like Jack Hughes too. Are they going to want to take somebody like Jack Hughes? Well, I, I think that they'll protect yeah, Jack Hughes. I, 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 I mean, don't see on, Jack Hughes going anywhere. The, the reason that I say that is because PK is making nine million per year for the next two years. Yeah, and. You know, the Devils have had one of the lowest caps cap teams over the last couple of years. So they're not in any situation where they would necessarily have to offload, but they would like to if PK does get taken. If they're like, yeah. oh, we'll take but PK, like that's cool. Like you have but you also have to look at it from the GM and everybody's point of view. Is are your players putting up the numbers you want them to put up? If Jack Hughes, yeah. If Jack Hughes is not putting up the numbers that they want him to put up, because he was the number one pick, he was one of the most hyped prospects, such as Capo Caco and Lafreniere. Yep, they they both were very hyped. Caco mm-hmm. didn't do much last year. Lafreniere, I'm not. I mean, I like the kid, but he hasn't done much yet either. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, for Jack Hughes's case, I mean, I would say. You know, he has improved a lot in his second year. Oh, yeah, year. he's definitely improved. And he's it's definitely unfortunate. Improved for his second. It's unfortunate, again, that he has to sit around and wait to keep playing because mm-hmm. he was on a roll. He may get off to a bad start when we come back, whenever yeah. that is. He may be totally lost the rest of the year. I hope that's not the case. But and, and this is the thing that's frustrating as hell. And it just makes like I hate saying this to Seattle, right? I think it's cool that we're bringing a team that I hope they bring back the Sonics at some point. Cause I think that oh. would be awesome. Oh, but probably bring back the I would tell Seattle straight up. Hey, look, we may have to put you back for another year financially They've because had we don't want to put you and we don't put the rest of the league in even more of a bad of a- cap situation. And, and maybe Seattle will be like, yeah, we get it. Like we can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. We'll give the money for season tickets back to, our, you know, to our fans, I'm sure that they, you know, yeah. don't mind it, but mm. I don't know. It just whole thing is a mess, to be honest. It's it's just it's just a bad look in general. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. And that's the bottom line with the NHL. It, it, the whole thing's a mess. You can only hope it gets better. But you know what? With the way things are going Sucks. right now, it's it doesn't rough. look like it's going to get better unless they get their heads out of there. You know what? But... And, and probably and probably Toronto's going to win the Cup. So it's not going to be Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with can, that. Can you because... imagine? Come on. I, will, I don't, like, I, I would okay be happy for, I would be happy for the Maple Leafs organization, but not that fan base. Mm. I mean, not that I fan base. Okay. I'm okay Ar- with arguably, arguably the most yeah. toxic fan base in the National Hockey League. Pay, other pay now. Other, other than the New York League, Rangers. Pay National now. Hockey League, they're definitely number one. The Rangers are two. Oh, yeah. Pay now. Oh, 100%. Pay now. 100%. now. Let's remember, I was a Leafs fan before the Knights came around. Don't hate. Well, well can we be honest that at least at some times the Leafs think that the world revolves around them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's not talk about the Bruins fan base. 
Oh, okay. gosh. Yeah, the Bruins. I, I, yeah, I, I, the Bruins all right, all right, all right. Let's not talk about the Bruins fan base and how they seem like they want to fight everybody in the arena. How about the Flyers fan base? Okay, oh, they're pretty bad, God. too. I despise the Flyers and their fan base. Yeah. Listen, every team has some point of toxic fan base. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, even Chicago out here, they've got a, sometimes they've got a god awful fan base. Yeah. yeah you, you make a fair argument. There. We only have a toxic, we, we've only had a toxic fan base when it's as toxic as the water sometimes can be. I mean, so, you're, I mean, the devil's fan base was pretty bad after Martin Brodeur left. After he left. Yeah. Cause we yeah. Were, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. That was tough. I mean, we got, we got, we've gotten better. I think yeah, we're yeah. a lot better. Because mm-hmm. we're like, because we just like being the underdog in many ways. We just like pissing off every other team, so we don't care. Um, we're not like Millwall or anything like that, where we're like nobody likes us and we don't care type of thing. I mean, we could <laughs> we could say that we're like that, but we ain't gonna do the other things that Millwall does. Yeah, right. And right. Just, just just saying. Let's mm. just remember the only reason Brodeur left was because St. Louis offered him a one year in an office job. Yeah, pretty much. And they pretty offered much. him a chance to play. I mean, yeah, he played. He did a. One, he, he only played like year. seven games and then retired. Well, yeah, I mean, look, years. he was trying. I, I, I defended him before. He was trying to get to eight hundred wins. I don't blame. Yeah, him. I don't. That either. was big. And the Devils wanted to move on to get with Corey Schneider. Also, don't blame him because Corey Schneider for well. three, four years was one well. of the best goalies statistically. But because he was playing on a Devils team that was mediocre with very little offense. They lost a lot of two to one, three to two games. I'm just like, I'm not, it's going to sound biased, but if you go back and look at his stats, if they, he, if he was on a half decent team, he, he might have been would. in conversation to win at least one Vesna because he was yep. that good. I yep. mean, exactly. And what, what also bothers me is you look at the stats of Mark Andre, a man who's an absolute beast. Man uh, doesn't have a Vesna. Not even once. Doesn't have mm. a Vesna. Because it's a regular season award, and that's the thing that's like unfair about it. It's it's you don't get value. You you look at and they say, "Oh, you only won twenty five games." All right, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but I got like, you know. But then but then you ball out in the in the in the playoffs. But that means nothing, apparently. And if it was in my opinion, the man should have like three Vesnas at least. <laughs> yes, at he least. should have. He should have. He should have won in two thousand nine. Should have won it then, and then he should have probably won it in twenty sixteen. Except, except the fact that he did get hurt at the end of the year, and Matt Murray I took mean, over. And I would true. say he does. I would say he deserved twenty eighteen after he carried us all the way yeah. to the finals. Yeah, that's that's a fair argument. Then the very next year, he kind of like did role reversal and took over for Matt Murray. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah. And now you, Matt Murray is flaming garbage. out horribly in oh. Ottawa. He's so bad. Oh my. Oh my God. He's terrible. And now he's out. And now he got hurt. He got hurt last night. <laughs> so now, he, now he's out. Oh what my God. Disclosed? I mean, it's just poor Matt Murray. I mean, I'm sure Pittsburgh is relieved that they have Casey DeSmith and. Um, I mean, Jari's no help though. Ja- yeah, well, Jari's been awful. Oh he's been God awful. Well, now they got Hextall and Brian Burke, and that should be fun. <laughs> that should be a lot of with, think about it, Lemieux owner Ron Extell's the GM and the president of hockey operations is Brian Burke that's a me that's a meme waiting to happen I'm telling you that's a meme team waiting to happen oh mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they're gonna uh, and I'm loving it thank god the Pittsburgh Penguins are starting to finally kind of not be good find something <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. I think their next but... move needs to be is their next move needs to be like get rid of Malkin. Oh my god. I think yeah. you need to I think you need to to move Malkin. I think you need to trade Crosby to Montreal because literally it just feels like at this point it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's either care. that or he's just, it's either that or he's just gonna say I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd rather retire than go play anywhere else. Probably yeah, that's exactly. his attitude. Same thing with Malkin. I, I don't think Malkin would want to see that's the see that's the thing I think about with Mark Andre is I think he would rather retire under either Pittsburgh or Vegas than have to yeah. go play at some other team. And I mean, yeah. from the from what we've heard as of lately is Pittsburgh has been fighting to get Flower back as of lately. They have nothing to offer. Exactly. <laughs> and Vegas isn't budging. Vegas is like, nope, we're not giving him. We're not giving him back. So I know that. Um, Jokes on you. I know that the Devils called Vegas like during the off season and asked about Flurry, and I was like, you know what? It makes sense. Because Flurry could play like we would want Flurry to play like 25, 30 games. Like we would right. want that just to give Blackwood a chance to not like have to not play soft. 45, yeah. 50 games. Like and I mean, would... I like Mackenzie Blackwood too. Blackwood's gonna be Blackwood is one of the one of the top up and coming goaltenders in the league. And it Agreed. pisses me off because everybody wants to talk about Carter Hart, this, Carter Hart that. Carter Hart hasn't been that impressive this season. See, I'm gonna be the up. thing about Blackwood is he's been overshadowed by not only Carter Hart, but Jari, Bennington, yep. all these goalies. He's being overshadowed by Ilya Sorokin, who's played like five games in his career. What about Ilya Samsonov? Over oh, Samsonov. Yeah, yeah him like, too. It's like, you know what, Black, and, and you know what I think it also is, is this. Blackwood plays for the Devils. And that comes with a couple of things. Number one, if you're a goalie and you play for the Devils, you're immediately going to have to live up to, could you be as good or at as least Martin half, half as good as Martin Brodeur? That's true. Number two, I hate saying this, but I'm pretty sure Gary Bettman grew up a Rangers fan because I know he yes. is from Long Island. Yes. He doesn't like the Devils. Matter no, of fact, he, he loathes no. them. He wishes that they wouldn't, if, if the Devils were in a position where they could move, he would gladly do it. He oh, would yeah. gladly move them out of New Jersey. He doesn't like the state. He's gotten the same mentality that every stupid New York person has. Oh, New Jersey is the armpit of America, this, that, and the other thing. But that's why we have the reputation of being like happy when we beat the odds because it pisses off Gary Bettman to no end. <laughs> and I've met Gary Bettman in person, and he is not the greatest person to talk to. He's oh, very, would. he's very full of himself. I, I'll I tell you heard. that. Oh, trust me. If I very, had a chance, to, if I had a chance to talk slash meet Batman, I would just, I would give him a piece of mind. <laughs> and I know <laughs> half the owners want him gone anyway, so maybe they'll vote him out at some point as commissioner, and we'll get someone else in. Please. It's eh, the only one <laughs> way to find out. But Mike yeah. Milbury, who's who's with you? Mike Milbury for commissioner. <laughs> oh my god. Now let's who give want, it to Gretzky. Let's give it. Let's give it to Gretzky. He, he could do something Ooh. with it. Oh, oh boy. Well, he probably would do as well as he did as the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. That was a Ouch. shot in the dark. Ouch. But, yeah, but bottom line with the NHL, it's a mess. You can hope it gets better, but, hey, that's our spiel. Let us know what you think about this eventful and long spiel on social media at bottom line WMCX and at the MVP show on Twitter. Next order of business real quick. Austin, 
I know yes. that you are probably one of the biggest NASCAR fans that I know. Me personally, I am not a NASCAR fan. I haven't watched it since the days of Dale Earnhardt Jr. But the only guy I know Damn, that's really right now, that's not that well. That's not that long ago. No, I, I I know. That's, but that, that's a, that's I, I was back ago. like, what? When he come in the? When he come into NASCAR? Like ten years ago, I think. No. Ten. ten? No. We're like ten. twenty. Yeah. Twenty he, years ago. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, again, I, was I don't, say his first well, year was what? Two thousand. Okay. Well, again. Oh no! I, I think his first year. I'm pretty sure his first year was '98. Let me. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna double check that. Well, all right. Yeah, well, it, again, it might have been '98. I, I, I don't. I don't know NASCAR, so forgive me. But okay. Austin, I know you are. So answer me this: Who is your current? favorite racer as of right oh now. oh that one's hard <laughs> that's only that's, that's, that's a hard for multiple reasons oh. i was i was right by the way it was 1998 98? all right good all right yeah that's nice. about because right, i think he won the ex i think he won the bush championship in 98 okay okay but no, that's hard for that's a really hard question for a multitude of reasons because it's always either my driver gets kicked from a ride or I have friends that actually race. So it's like <laughs> I got to give and take. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but no, like, like now, just while you think about that, answer me this: How did you first get into NASCAR? I don't know. I've always grown. I've always grown up around it. That's just how. I was one of the only sports that really me and my family watched all together. Race, race weekend, Sunday. Hey, if it's nice out, let's cook, cook up a bar, have something on the barbecue and watch the race. Mm. That easy. Respect so, it. Sounds like a good day to me. Neil, I know, I know you're, you're slowly starting to get back in the swing of things. What do you got to <laughs> say about NASCAR? Well, you know, like very much like Austin, you know, um, I was the only one really in my family that kind of got into it. Um, you know, my cousin, who is a big racing fan, um, you know, I think he raced a little bit uh, over in Brick uh, a couple of years ago on their old track over there. Um, you know, he kind of got me into it. I got excited. I was into cars and trains. I mean, I still am. Um, but, you know, cars was interesting. And then I found out, you know, NASCAR and I thought it was cool. I, I became a huge fan and I still am of Jeff Gordon. Uh, he was my guy for a very long time, um, you know, and, and I, and actually, um, I'll show you guys something because we're talking about NASCAR. Oh, I wanted boy. to show you guys something that you guys would get a kick out of. Oh, Can boy. Just... By the way, in, 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 ca right, in case you're go. not, in case you're not watching on YouTube. Oh, my goodness. So this, you still so have this, that thing? Is that this a Pinewood is a, Derby car? This is a Pinewood Derby car that I made many years ago. Now, granted, the story, this is how the story went, right? My grandmother, well, actually, no, my, my aunt, who's a big racing fan, she no longer watches it because she doesn't, she thinks all the drivers now are very, very, um, well, she put it lightly, but I think she was trying to say they're a bunch of a-holes. Mm. But, you know, yeah. I haven't That's watched debatable. it enough to agree or disagree with that. But it's debatable. <laughs> a couple of years, like when I was a kid, maybe I was like six or seven, she got me, um, she got me a big, a big thing of chocolate, which was shaped in a NASCAR and it had the wrapping of Jeff Gordon uh, for Easter. So I came up with the idea along with my dad, because I love the Pinewood Derby. That was one of the things I loved about being scouts. We came with the idea where we were going to paint this red and we're red, you know, red and blue. And then we we're going to put the wrapping over this car and then take it to the Pinewood Derby. And I think I did win one race. 
and then I lost the next one. But I did win the award for best paint job, which was hysterical because it, I literally did nothing when it came to paint it. Like I didn't do anything to wow. it. But um, I wish I could find. I gotta get. A, I gotta get another wheel because this one's missing. But you know, <laughs> this was. Um, it was really cool, and it's it's like one of my like prized possessions because I'm a big. You know, I was a big Jeff Gordon fan. I always have been. Always will be. Um, I don't know. Does he still broadcast nowadays? He's still doing yes. that? Yes. He's he, on the broadcast, he, he, yeah. He's okay at it. He's not great. I mean, uh, he's... I think Dale, I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a lot better at it. Ooh, thank you. Just, thank ooh, you. That's ooh. my opinion. That's my, but again, R- really? Austin, Austin, remember, I'm not the biggest NASCAR yeah, fan, I get so you got to give me some slack. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you that, but no. If it, and I've talked to a lot of NASCAR fans about that, too, is the fact that, no. Because when Dale talks about it, he tries, he does it to a way where it doesn't make sense to the viewers, unless you're really into the sport. Where if it's Jeff Gordon, he actually like gets down to the point and he'll actually like be like, "So this does this to the car, or this does this to the car." Fair enough. And you yeah, understand I mean, it like I was, you know, as well. I was a fan of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, Trying to remember who drove the number twenty um, Home Depot car for Tony many Stewart. years. Tony, Tony Stewart. Stewart. Even though a lot of guy. people said he was an a hole, which I mean, well, he, he was, right. but he, he, he got, was, but it was it was entertaining, and that was but my that's guy the for point. the longest time. Back like 10, 15 years ago, NASCAR was like pure entertainment in many ways. Like they were really, really good at marketing themselves. Mm. They had a lot of personalities. Austin, you can kind of say this better because you obviously still watch the sport. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, if there's anybody that I can relate with in NASCAR nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But I've kind of felt like one of the reasons why NASCAR is not talked about as much nowadays is because there aren't as many big personalities. I mean, Bubba Wallace is obviously a big personality for not always the greatest reasons uh, to no fault of his own because he's had no. to deal with a lot of BS. A know, lot of slack, yeah. You right. know, a lot of this. But I feel like personality-wise, NASCAR is lacking those big-name personalities like Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Ryan Newman, Jeff Gordon. Newman's you know? still there. I mean, Newman is still there, but like, Kyle Busch, I think, is still is yeah, still Kyle, driving. So is then, is um, oh, what's his name? Uh, is Hamlin? Denny Hamlin still driving? Yeah, he, he was. He, you didn't see that commercial he, he's in where everybody he just he, resigned. No, no, his I, 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 I did see that. I just wasn't sure if he was. Yeah, still he's an active, an active. He's racer. still there. Yeah. He okay. he just signed he a he just re-signed a multi-year with his okay. with Joe Gibbs Racing, so he's still with them. Oh, okay, all right. I'll, He'll be I'll, with I'll them for a sure. while, which is weird because with his contract was supposed to end at the end of this season, so everybody's like, "Oh, he'll go over to his own race team with Michael Jordan," since they just signed it. They have that team now with Bubba Wallace. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's like, "Oh, Hamlin's gonna go over there, and they're gonna they're gonna go and they'll make their own engines and get a bunch of help from Joe Gibbs and whatnot." No, right. Hamlin. Hamlin said no. I'm just gonna resign. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> like okay. Go. I'm like, it works for me. But yeah, <laughs> like Neil said with NASCAR, there's definitely not a lot of personality nowadays. But there's def. It's starting to come back up because you're having the rise of drivers that are say third generation drivers to others. Like you've got Ryan Blaney, the son of Dave Blaney. You got Chase Elliott, the son of Bill Elliott. Mm still got new you still got ryan newman you still have kyle bush you still have kurt bush like you have people that are still there that are well known plus you have second to third generation drivers right so i mean the sport's starting to come back up 
but is it where it was in the early, the late 90s to early 2000s? No. No. 100%. And I, um, belie- and I believe one of those reasons is when Dale Sr. died. That's, def- yeah. that's, when they, that's when they took the big hit because he was one of the prime examples of, hey, NASCAR not necessarily is a sport everybody, for everybody, but people should kind of watch it because it sh- it's definitely entertainment, not only on the track, but off track after right. the races. And I right. mean, the marketing campaigns that they had back in the early 2000s were fantastic. And they, for some reason, just can't get that down anymore. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, the the biggest thing that people remember from NASCAR was the video game EA Sports when EA Sports was still doing it. Um, I think it was called NASCAR Thunder 2004. And I think yes. it had I think it had Tony Stewart on mm-hmm. the cover. That was literally like the biggest NASCAR video game that I remember a lot of people playing. Like they loved it. I loved it. I thought it was cool. Um, you know, and you know, you know what, you know what's another thing that I think got me into racing or got me into NASCAR? Paint schemes. I was all about that. All I'm that all, stuff. I'm like, all about the paints. You know, yeah. I love watching. I love like the designs that these cars get. I love it. I think it's cool. Um, I also kind of got into the truck series a little bit because I just thought it was kind of unique. They have like this truck series other, is always fun. Okay. You know, okay. and I've been to uh, I've been to the Wall Raceway. I think it's called the Wall. Uh, the New wall. Jer- oh, you, you've been you've you've heard of it? I've heard of the Walls and Tories. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's in New Jersey in case anybody didn't know. Um it's a wall wall township, um, which is like central New Jersey basically. Yes, central Jersey exists for all you, you. numb nuts that don't believe it. Um but it's a really cool track. It's it's mostly well, there is there is concrete, there's also a dirt track as well. Um, and it's really fun because it's just a lot of like it's not NASCAR by any means, but it's like it's like where racing really is like. It's where you get the, the real, like, yeah. feeling of racing, if that makes sense. Like, you get, like, right. a whole thing. But, like, I you know, there, there's always been some great-looking cars. I think the most iconic one, well, there's two that come to my mind. One is Richard Petty's car. That was a big one that everybody remembers. The I Petty mean, hell, Blue. You know, who remembers Cars, the movie? They had yes. freaking Richard Petty in it. Yeah. And, and, and there was his car. And then you had, and then obviously you had Dale Earnhardt Sr., with yes. you know the intimidator. the intimidator look at his black number three car you saw that car you knew exactly who that was yep. you knew right away you knew who that was if, even, and, if, even if you weren't a nascar fan you knew who, whose car that belonged to because that's my point because again nascar did a great job 10 15 years ago of promoting itself not of making people say like oh this is what we got i think I, I'm not trying to be critical here, but I'm going to be honest. I think NASCAR cares a lot more about just keeping the fans that they have now what they have as now, opposed yep. to yep. expanding itself. Like the NHL, like I've been critical of them as well, of trying to get newer fans to jump on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that but, also comes with the whole thing of NASCAR, especially now they they took out tracks this year to put in new stuff like the biggest hit to me was they took Chicago land out, which Chicago land is like, I want to say four hours from me right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we were supposed to go last year and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. We were going to go this year. We were, if they were going to let fans in, we were going to go, but mm-hmm. then it got moved from the schedule. So we're all, 
So that was a big hit, but they're putting in more tracks. Like they're doing more dirt racing now. They're going to make, they're going to take their cup cars and they're going to put them on dirt. So okay. they're going to take, they're going to take one of their well-known short tracks in Bristol and they've covered it in dirt. So you're going to get the experience of the normal Bristol race, but on dirt. So that's going to be fun to watch. But then you have other yeah. tracks like they're, co- they're going back to Nashville for the first time in years. Mm. And then they're Thank putting, the, yeah, Nashville was a Nashville's fun. And then you have other tracks like they're putting more road courses in. So this year we have both Road America and Mid-Ohio coming to the cup schedule. And that hasn't been on the cup schedule before, but it's been in like the Xfinity series, which is the lower, the second tier series. And apart with that, you have the truck series now going to Knoxville instead of Eldora because Eldora, Eldora is owned by Tony Stewart. And Tony Tony Stewart has his new series coming out. He's got his own racing series. He's starting now And NASCAR had a meeting with Tony Stewart and Tony Stewart said, Hey, are we going to get a cup date at Eldora? And they said, no, it's not in the works at all. So Tony's like, you know what? I'm just going to pull Eldora from, from NASCAR altogether. So he's not letting them run the truck series at Eldora. So trucks are like, hey, let's just go to Knoxville and run the dirt race in Knoxville. So they've right. got that happening. So they're, they're losing, but they're also gaining. Hmm. With, with what they lose, I think they're going to gain a bit more. And that's that's, kind of I, I think that's a fair point. No, I yeah, think that's, that's a fair point. No, that's my, absolutely 100% fair. My question to you, um, this is kind of the last question I have really when it, when it comes to this, um, and this is for you, Austin, is, is this, what is your, you know, I think Jimmy asked before, like, what's your favorite, you know, uh, racer? My question to you is, what is your favorite track in NASCAR? Okay, so. Because I have mine, I have mine, and it's, it's been the same since I was a kid, so. See, that's, that's really hard to me because there's the point of me that wants to be really biased and say Vegas because I've been to so many races out in Vegas where it's just, it hits, but there's tracks that I always look at and I go, damn, I really like that track. Mm. Like Canadian tire motorsport park, which is out in Canada. It's one of the only road, one of, it's one of the only tracks we go to out of the U S therefore I, I find that cool like back in the day they used to travel overseas to like japan and stuff and race at like suzuka and twin ring mutegi those are both tracks that if you have find tracks that are different that's what i like is when it's like hey we're just not gonna stay in the u.s we'll branch out to somewhere overseas or say we'll go to canada yeah like that's when it that's those are the tracks i would like to see yeah for for me, it's always been Bristol. Um, yes. I like the short track. Um, I think it's more entertaining because, look, I'm not, I'm not like, proponent of, like, guys purposely, like, crashing into each other or anything, like, because obviously it's a very dangerous sport right, to right, be right. involved in. But well, n- nowadays with the new safety precautions, it's definitely much better. It is. Yeah. Oh, I, 100%. Um, I mean, and we saw that last year with Ryan Newman. Right. Mm. And, but that's like, that's again, why I go back to like 10, 15 years ago when you would drive there, like you knew it was going to be, it was going to be hell because you had to be really careful with your turns and guys would just, they would take advantage of those opportunities and they would do it. And I just think that, you know, 
it was just really cool. I don't remember, but I could have sworn that they based, they partially based um, the Piston Cup, if you guys remember from the Cars movie. They yes. Partially based it off of Bristol, um, at least this first stadium that they were in. Uh, yeah. I know the next one, they kind of, they kind of tried to do uh, Talladega slash Daytona, yeah, sort of. Yeah, big 2.5 mile, yeah. And, you know, I thought that was cool. But, like, for some reason, Bristol always stood out to me as, like, the one where there seemed to be a lot of – a really a lot of drama because it was amazing. You know, you'd go on the straight the straightaway and, and you'd like, floor it. And then, like, almost like you'd have to stop on a dime, like, just turn to the left and everything. And if you didn't stop on a dime – like, if you didn't stop, you're probably going to get hit or you're going to hit somebody and you're going right mm-hmm. into the boards. Oh, yeah. And Bristol's a little easier – than our other short tracks we have because of the banking. So with Bristol, you don't have to hit the brake as much. Yeah. Therefore, it's just kind of it's kind of you just let it ride the corner. But if you go to a track like Martinsville, which is pretty much Bristol, but it's thinner, the track itself is thinner in a way. It's still mm-hmm. a it's still technically a 0.5 mile, but the corners are tighter and the straightaways are longer. Yeah. Therefore, it's with Martinsville you have to slow it down a ton and that's where you get one of those tracks that Neil was saying it's chaotic it's, it's chaotic yeah <laughs> and and even with even like the bigger tracks like Daytona it's we I always say Daytona is always a crapshoot because of how chaotic it is and we saw that last night during the dual races they were dual one was pretty tame and then dual two came and everybody was fighting and jostling around and we had just chaos and that's what i'm looking forward to with daytona this weekend is chaos thank god <laughs> and thank god we're back that's all oh, i'm gonna say <laughs> that's definitely I... one way to put it man that's one way to put it but that's the bottom line with nascar so before we before we wrap things up here we gotta officially introduce austin's new segment that will be a part of the bottom line podcast for the future the name is still in progress, but we'll, we'll work on that, we promise. So basically, what's going to happen here is that Austin is going to do an NHL news-type segment where he's basically going to give a two- to three-minute segment on the latest updates in the NHL, either breaking news, uh, player updates, uh, injury updates, team updates, the whole deal. So that's basically the gist of it. Like I said, the name is still a work in progress, but we should have that to you by next week austin we'll definitely talk about that yeah off the air but yeah, that's good. basically going to be the gist it'll be once every single week so keep an eye out for that it will officially be in effect within one to two weeks so stay tuned for austin's new segment and on that note that will wrap it up for a very fun-filled and exciting episode of the bottom line podcast if you have any thoughts on anything we discussed and yes it was a lot so take it all in let us know <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram at bottom line WMCX and on Twitter at the MVP show and also on Instagram at MVPQB11. Don't forget to use the hashtag bottom line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please be sure to leave a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for the bottom line podcast. So with that being said, Austin, we can officially say welcome aboard, my man. We're really, really excited yeah. for you to be a part of this team. And thank you so much for coming on with us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. No problem. <laughs>
So stay tuned for Austin's new segment. Again, name and progress. But for now, we're calling it NHL News Central. But we'll talk about that off the air. So stay tuned for that. So everyone, please join us in welcoming the newest member of the Bottom Line Podcast team, Austin Myers. For him and for Neil Villapiano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.